Hello, this is Justin Taylor, Novell's identity and security guru today, bringing you another episode of Sales Talk. In this episode of Sales Talk today, we're going to be discussing what we call privileged user management. Some of you may be familiar with that and some of you may not. Uh, in order to make this understandable to you, what we've done is brought in an expert in the field today. Uh, so today on the phone, I have the uh, privilege of having Bobber Amin. Uh, Bobber is a senior product manager with Novell and helps to cover the privileged user management side of the house. Welcome to the show today, Bobber. Thank you, Justin. So um, recently, Novell has made some statements that uh, we're entering into the privileged user management space. A lot of people have a lot of different perspectives on what exactly that means. Um, you know, traditionally, Novell has done the uh, user management side of things. We manage the user accounts, whether they're super users or just end users. So people are a little confused about what exactly this is going to mean to them. Could you maybe just explain what privileged user management is to us? Sure. So, Justin, as you're aware, there are certain system accounts that don't really belong to any any, any user. Um, they're, they're there. They're kind of the one final God account. They're basically there to form system level duties or, um, you know, management of certain systems. These accounts, you know, what are normally uh, like a DBA account or a backup operator or, you know, or a root account. I mean, nobody really names their kid backup operator or root. You know, last time I checked that, uh, nobody, nobody tells me they're going to name their kid that. So, um, so they don't really belong to any user. They're just system accounts and, and we delegate access to those accounts. And the way we normally do that or the way historically it's been done is that um, if I need to uh, do a certain task and I need to, you know, that, that, that task requires privileges or, or access that is only available to, say, a system account like root, somebody's going to give me the root password so that I can do, do my job. And that's really where the problem happens. Because once I know that password, so does probably 10 other people who are supposed to be doing different tasks that require that elevated privilege. If I decide to abuse that privilege, there is no tracking because I'm logged in as root, Joe is logged in as root, Martin is logged in as root. So there is no way to track who really is doing what because there is an audit record, but the audit record says, well, root deleted this file. But it doesn't say is who was really sitting at that terminal and what were they doing. Similarly, you know, for a backup operator, you know, it says, well, backup operator didn't backup or did this or restored this. What it doesn't say is that who was the really the person who was doing that. So there is no accountability, and to assign that accountability is really, really difficult. What the privileged user manager product allows us to do is very simple. It allows us to delegate access to individuals based on time, location, the terminal they're using, you know, what kind of task they want to uh, perform. And and then when they are performing that task, we can capture the result, we can capture the keystroke, we can capture the whole session, and then present that information to an auditor or to a manager or somebody who's going to oversee the operations and not only just provide that in a raw log format, but actually run it through our risk engine and match that against the business rules that are set up so that we highlight the relevant command that might be more dangerous. For example, if somebody typed a remove command on Linux or Unix system, that might be tagged as a red because, no, not because you're not authorized to do it, but somebody has inspection into it. Somebody shut down the system or rebooted a system, that would be tagged as red because not that there is no valid reason to do it, but we want to make sure that it's tagged and the person who's reviewing it can sign off on it. So we basically help you manage the who, 
what, where, when, how, and why, or escalation of privilege. We believe that if, if you can answer those five, six questions, you really have a much better handle and much better control of what is going on. It's great. So if, if I hear you right, Bobber, what we're talking about here is the ability for us not to actually grant them those rights per se. Like with Identity Manager, we would go through and you know set up, let's say, my account, and we would normally just go and grant me the necessary rights. Okay, well, that's one way to do it. But again, you and I can track it. But this is really about getting to those um, those special accounts, as you mentioned, the root accounts and backup operator, all that kind of stuff. And again, allowing us to delegate them. So we're not actually granting that user the rights, correct? We're not. You're absolutely right. We're delegating the right to a particular user based on you know different aspects of that user's attribute. You know, and that could be time of day. That could be uh, you know what group their membership is, you know, what kind of command they're running. For example, I might be delegated to do a VI, you know, view and an edit of a certain file, but at the same time, I might not be allowed to do the same operation on a different file that has nothing to do with, with the job that I need to do. So even on a command basis, we can delegate only the relevant access. It's basically the principle of least privilege, right? You you should only have enough access to do the job you need to do and none more. So this really does help, I can see, with compliance issues, making sure that we can say who actually did something, not just, well, Root did it or something of that nature. So it helps in the compliance. It's going to help instill that accountability to the individual. Do you think that it really helps also with separation of duty issues? It does. Because in my view, separation of duty and compliance kind of go hand in hand. Separation of duty is a process that leads to compliance, just like, you know, better management of rights leads to compliance. Better alignment with a business policy leads to compliance. It's really the two sides of the same problem. Has there been any issues in the news or any examples that you might have of where somebody could have really used this? I know that there's been some security breaches out there, and it seems like some of them might, may have been uh, prevented, let's say, if somebody had something like um, a privileged user management system installed. Sure. Some of the ones that have, we've seen some recent headlines, since I just got back from RSA, will use the city of San Francisco problem. Terry Childs, most, most people know who Terry Childs has been in the news. He used to be the system admin for the city of San Francisco, and uh, he decided to extort money and blackmail the city by shutting down um, access to certain accounts and changing accounts and you know, installing backdoors and uh, creating backdoor accounts and then shutting the main accounts down where he wouldn't give the system password or the system usernames to anybody, and, and the mayor of the city had to go to his jail cell and beg him for those things. You know, that, that's one example because he was in a powerful place, right? He had privileged access, which leads to privileged abuse. We had um, an employee at uh, Liechtenstein Bank. What he did was he copied user data for the customers and then sold that to tax authorities in the U.S., U.K., and uh, Germany. And now, you know, there's all sorts of tax-related problems. We're not saying that those people were doing something right, but the issue is that they put their trust in an institution and the institution put their trust in this individual, and it's a violation of trust in that whole chain. Similarly, Fannie Mae, they were going to have a catastrophic shutdown because they had uh, some malicious code that was installed and was about to be triggered. And again, that was installed and set up by a former 
system administrator. You know, these are just some examples that could have been prevented by either uh, limiting access or looking at the log files because the activity that was outside the normal activity would have been tagged and uh, somebody would have seen it. So it's, it's really important from both sides, from prevention perspective and also from a from a tracking perspective. Great. Yeah, and again, there's many different examples that we could give, obviously, of where these breaches occur. And um, many times we'd probably have to say that the people don't even know that these things are occurring. So something like this definitely would be helpful in any organization. Well, today we thank you very much, Bobber, for uh, taking the time. For those of you listening, we will be having another episode of Sales Talk that will concentrate on Novell's specific offering, and this will be on the Novell Privileged User Manager product. Uh, I'll actually be interviewing Bobber again. We'll bring him back. Uh, we look forward to that. So in the meantime, happy selling, and we'll talk to you next time. Novell Sales Talk is brought to you by Novell, Inc., you can send us feedback at salestalk at novell.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.